Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Trent Pfeiffer, and for the last five years, I've been cooking my way through all of Ina Garden's recipes. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to tell a friend. I'm always looking for new people to enjoy cookery by the book. Now on with the show. I feel like Ina's cookbooks are a must for any home cook. I have so many questions for you, Trent. But first, tell us how you got this spectacular idea to cook through all of Ina Garden's cookbooks and the TV show. Um, It happened about five years ago. At that time, I had just read uh, Julia Child's My Life in France, and it kind of coincided with a time that my roommate and I were constantly watching the Barefoot Contessa on Food Network, but not totally making a lot of her food. So those two things kind of combined at the same time. I was in a relationship. I was cooking a little bit more. So I started to try to branch out and develop my knowledge of cooking after a summer spent with hundreds of failed recipes. (laughs) I decided that I should probably stick to one cookbook author that throughout the course of the several recipes that I had made had always come through for me. And that was the Barefoot Contessa, Ina Garten. Um, Her recipes had been foolproof. I'd made three or four over the course of the summer. And I jokingly mentioned to my friend that you know what, maybe I should just teach myself how to cook by working my way through all of Ina Garten's recipes, a la Julie and Julia, uh, one of my favorite movies, Who Doesn't Love Meryl Streep? Um, <laughs> so I, I started the Instagram account kind of on a whim with a, a photoshopped image of me and Ina called Trent and Ina saying that if I cooked three recipes a week, I would finish all of her recipes in five years and that I hoped Meryl Streep was available uh, to play us in the movie. Yeah, and it's been five years since then. And uh been a really crazy journey. So you just finished Barefoot Contessa Parties, and you mentioned on Instagram that you cook from all the books simultaneously. How do you organize everything? So when I first started, I realized I was going to need some sort of system. At the time, there were, like I said, 800 recipes, and now there are about 1,300. And my memory is failing me. So I knew that if I didn't have some sort of system... I was I was going to be repeating recipes, forget recipes. So I created a massive Excel spreadsheet. I downloaded all of the lists of recipes from all of her books and then split it into spreadsheets that are divided into tabs of appetizer, soups, alcoholic drinks, lunches, sandwiches, dinners, breakfast. Um, And then those are broken down into by meat or vegetarian, uh, just so that I can easily, um, with a quick glance, pick out the recipes that I want to make for the week. And each of those have the recipe name, the title of the book, the page number, my rating, any notes I did, and then any hard to find ingredients or expensive ingredients. And it just saves me so much time on meal planning because I can go into that document in five minutes and say, I have time to run to one grocery store. Which recipe can I get that won't have hard to find ingredients and then kind of match it up to other uh, recipes on the spreadsheet? All the stuff on your spreadsheet you put on your blog, like the page number, the TV episode, all of that, right? Yeah. And my original plan was to build those out a little bit more. So I include 
the book and page number, the episode, category of how easy is that? Is it um, easy, intermediate, hard to make? Ingredients that you could use, store-bought is fine ingredients, hard to find ingredients, pricey ingredients. used to be more categories. Um, I used to do kind of a twofer idea where what would you turn the leftovers into, um, what you could serve it with. But time kind of gets away from you. (laughs) And uh, so I've kind of kept it simple on the website. It's kind of all the basics for if you're looking to make this recipe, here's what you need to know. So yesterday I was interviewed by BBC Radio and Mm -hmm. they asked me who I would love to have on the old cookbook podcast. And I blurted out Ina and they were like, who's that? Oh my God. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I just, I just, how do you, how do you not know who Ina is? And so all I could say was she's iconic. She's our iconic American chef cookbook author. So what is Ina to you? I think that Ina has always been somebody that, and, and like I said, with my, with my roommates, we used to watch the show and never really cook anything. She just has a magnetism to her that she has this fabulous lifestyle that I think all of us would aspire to be, having an amazing time with her friends, but she's also super approachable. So she welcomes you into her house. She makes you feel like you belong there, that you can cook. And then once you start cooking your recipes, you realize that she tests these over and over and over again. She watches people cook her recipes and then incorporates things that they made mistakes with into the actual recipe. So I just think that she's been in the game for how many years? She has nailed how you make a recipe and how you describe a recipe to somebody. But on top of that, she She's a fun-loving, everyone wants to be friends with her, everyone wants to be invited to one of her parties. And when you watched a lot of those early shows, you kind of felt like you were the in-crowd with her at one of these fabulous parties. So I think she's just an expert that is welcoming and is not intimidating and everyone feels welcomed with her. The first recipe you made was the lentil sausage soup from Barefoot in Paris. How did you choose this as your first recipe to kick this project off? I wish I could tell you that I spent so many hours to pick the perfect recipe. Um, but to be to be real honest, it was probably what I made the week before. Um, I started this project in uh, early October. Uh, weather's getting a little cooler. Who doesn't love the combination of sausage and uh, lentils? And give me a soup any day, every day. So to be honest, it was probably just what I had cooked the week before and had taken a photo of. (laughs) I love it. Would you rate these books from your favorite on down? Are you doing that on your Instagram? So at the end, I will, I feel like, do a rating of each of the books. Right now, I I tell everyone that my favorites are Barefoot Contessa at Home and Barefoot Contessa Back to Basics. I just really think there are so many go-to recipes from those two books that I like, especially if you are a new cook. There's just a lot that I repeat all the time. I mean, in Back to Basics, Shrimp Scampi was one of the first recipes I make, and it's one of the recipes that I am constantly making. It's just so simple and such an impressive meal. So I'm doing ratings of each each of the recipes as I go. I, I'll be very curious once I aggregate all the recipes from every book to see what ratings the books end up coming out to. Because um, I rate them, uh, I rate each recipe one to five. So we'll see how all of that adds up in the end. Oh my God, I can't wait. 
<laughs> so when I was piling up my collection, I realized that she, somewhere along the line, dropped Barefoot Contessa in the title. Yes. Do you and know I'm not exactly why? sure. Like, when after I said Back to Basics, I was like, I actually don't th- know if it's actually called Barefoot Contessa Back to Basics. It is. I'm looking at my pile right here. It's called Barefoot okay. Contessa. But that's the last cookbook that had barefoot contessa on it like forward facing and i do think that i have found i think that for so long she was known as barefoot contessa but i have found sometimes when i mention barefoot contessa to people if they're not into cooking um they might not know exactly who she is but a lot of that a lot more of them have heard of ina garten now um so i wonder if that was a conscious move after back to basics to skew more towards uh name recognition of her own name yeah i'd love to know that story Hey, Trent, you need to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you maybe we'll all have uh, dinner together, or lunch together, and we can find it out together. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have a tiny New York City kitchen like I do, and your kitchen seems fully stocked. Where do you store everything? So when I first started the project, I was living in Harlem and the kitchen I had was absolutely tiny. And I probably had just your basics, your plates, um, nonstick pan, um, silverware and some odds and ends. And over time, when people realize you have a passion, they start buying you things <laughs> or you start partnering. I, I partner with Cassandra's Kitchen, which is like uh, a one-stop shop for all of Eindegarten's uh, favorite tools and ingredients. Um, so I partner with them. And so over time, I've built up so much stuff that at one point in my old apartment, I was storing things under my bed, under the couch. Um, I had a bookcase that was full of things. <laughs> I've started to pare down a little bit of what I have. But right now I have a little bit of a bigger kitchen in my uh, current apartment in Washington Heights. So I have a little pantry that stores a lot of things. And there's just a lot of storage for the small kitchen that I do have. I think when I first started dating uh, my boyfriend, he was like, are there pans and baking sheets under your couch? And I was like, just ignore it. You'll (laughs) you'll thank me later when I'm cooking you dinner, breakfast or any of that. Um, so I do have more space here, but it's always a challenge. I feel like in a small kitchen organization has become my friend. As soon as I, I'm not cleaning the dishes, as soon as I'm not prepping everything ahead of the recipe is when I start to lose my mind. I have three pans of roasted vegetables. I have no clue where I'm going to set them is when I have a little bit of a meltdown in the small kitchen. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I like how honest you are in the descriptions, like on recipe number 469, artichokes with lemon tarragon aioli. You confess that you don't love artichokes. How do you cope with foods you just don't like? I think one of the blessings of this project has been having to make recipes that I don't want to make. I usually, if I really, really think I'm not going to like it, I try to cut it in half or quarter it. I try to cut it down to the smallest portion that I can. Um, But that's not always an option. Um, I think with that recipe, I may have mentioned that, like, unless it, like, I love a cheesy artichoke. Give me an artichoke spinach dip or artichoke pizza. But there have been some surprising things. I think that... Uh, One of the dishes that I thought I was going to hate, and I'm happy that I didn't cut in half, was her roasted sausage and grapes. It was just a phenomenal dish, and I never thought of roasting grapes, but it really concentrates their flavor. And the sweetness from them paired with the salty sausage was just absolute perfection. On the flip side, there have been ones uh, such as her pear and parsnip gratin that I made a whole casserole dish of, and 
I just don't love mashed up pears and parsnips. I'm not a fan of parsnips and had to eat a casserole dish of that for a week. Uh, (laughs) Not my favorite thing. But in the end, I truly believe that for any dish or any ingredient, you need to try it at least three times. You could have purchased a bad ingredient. You could have uh, gone to a restaurant and they just aren't good at making that certain dish. So I try to live by the idea that I need to try things multiple times. One of those things that I'm still working on is finding the perfect anchovy. So if anyone has any recommendations for a delicious anchovy, let me know because I can't find one I love. When do you break down an order from Seamless or do you? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Really? <laughs> I, I like, I just like, there's just certain recipes. I love cooking and I probably cook four days a week or five days a week, but there's just certain things that I'm not going to spend at home, especially work's been busy and I want something quick and delicious and tasty. If I haven't gone grocery shopping, I'm going to seamless. Like just because grocery shopping for me has become a little bit of a bane of my existence in the city. The the grocery stores just don't have this big a footprint as they do in many other places. And so I find myself going to three or four stores just looking for chives. So at that point, I know I can order from Seamless, my favorite Thai place down the street or my favorite ramen place down the street, and I'll be there in an hour. (laughs) It's just, you're exhausted after a day. Sometimes you just need Seamless. So talk to me about food photography. It's the hardest thing for me. I make something and then I'll take a photo and I really want to make it look delicious. And oftentimes it's dark and my photos don't come out great for Instagram. What do you do? I mean, if you really scroll back to my early Instagram, you'll know that I struggled with that a lot early on. (laughs) The premise originally was to put my horrible photos next to Ina's uh, beautiful photos. But over time, I guess five years of taking pictures of everything you've eaten, you start to figure out what works. And I know that everyone says that natural light is your best friend. So a couple of years ago, I got a very large day light bulb from Amazon. I think it was like $15. And then I got um, a little clamp thing to plug it into. And it has changed my life. I am no longer chasing the light to get the perfect picture at 8 p.m. at night. And I think for probably $30, I have something that just saves me a lot of stress. And to be honest, I think natural light is your best friend. That's the one thing. I shoot all of my photos on iPhone 11s. People are always like, what special equipment do you use? And all of my photos are shot on iPhones and it's it's finding natural light. And I mean, sometimes there are, I wish that I weren't taking pictures of the food and I could just glop it onto a plate, but <laughs> it ends up being a lot of fun. And I, I do think that What I would recommend is um, getting one of those daylight light bulbs because it makes a world of difference. I'm going to get that because it's so hard for me because I make dinner for my family and it's usually out of a cookbook and I need to take a picture and it's like right now and it looks muddy. So I'm going to get one of those light bulbs. Thank you. I will send you all the information um, (laughs) and I'll send you some pictures of stuff I've taken at night that people are convinced are in the day. Yay! (laughs) So do you have a favorite Ina recipe? Oh, this is such a hard one. After a thousand recipes, this is one of the hardest ones. 
But I, I, what I really always keep coming back to is her sausage and fennel rigatoni. It's from Cooking for Jeffrey. It just hits all the spots. I never thought I would love fennel as much as I do. I don't. I still don't love raw fennel, but cooked fennel, absolutely delicious. Sausage, cream sauce, pasta. It's you really can't go wrong with it. So that's one of them that I always recommend to people. And then I always hear back saying, "Thank you so much. I can't believe I had not made that one." But I have to pick one. That's the one I always go with. (laughs) Speaking of cooking for Jeffrey, I went to BAM. When was that? Like 2014? I think so. Yeah, it was right around then. Or no, no, no. It had to have been 2015 or 2016 because I didn't start this until 2015. And yeah, 2016. And Ina was at BAM doing a cookbook talk for cooking for Jeffrey. Yep. And... They were taking questions at the end and someone, and I swear to God, I thought it was you, stood up and mentioned your Instagram store bought is fine. It was, I I was so upset because I was actually uh, on a trip with a friend uh, to hike Machu Picchu and I was on a plane on my way back. My Instagram started blowing up and I was like, what's like, or maybe it was right after I landed, my Instagram was blowing up (laughs) and my, my friend Hassani is like, I just stood up in front of the audience and told them about your account. And I was like, you get free food for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yes. And the whole row was like, what is that? (laughs) <laughs> and that was, I mean, I think that was only a year into this project, but I, I truly think that was a little bit of a turning point in this project. Uh, people were really, I mean, building a, a following on Instagram can be a hard thing. There's there's so much competition. And I think that was one thing that people started to hear about me. And, and, and the community has just been so absolutely wonderful and so supportive. It's been this nice little uh, corner of the internet that just brings me so much joy. And everyone's so supportive. And we just all share a love of Ina. Today on your Instagram, you wrote, it's been nearly a month since I posted an Ina recipe with any significant amount of green veggies. I was stressing y'all. You can say that again. So <laughs> first, I want to tell you what I made last week, stress cooking yes. during this election. Can't wait. Okay. Uh, cream spinach and eggs, page 234, modern comfort food. That was the I perfect can- morning after election breakfast. That sounds perfect. I, I, I That's been high on my list to make. The next was chicken with goat cheese and basil on page 114, Barefoot Contessa at Home. One of the very first recipes I ever made for my husband when I was first married. So easy. Do you still make it regularly? Yeah, it's the easiest, most delicious chicken, moist, which is I, key. And that's what I love, too. And I, I do hear from a lot of people because uh, Ina often recommends getting boneless skin on, which is very hard to find. But I, I, I'm always telling people, like, it's not that hard once you've deboned uh, a chicken or deboned a couple times. You have all of that to use for stock. And then you get these delicious chicken breasts and the skin just keeps everything moist. And with this one, you really need it because it holds the basil leaf and the goat cheese. And that's just one of those phenomenal recipes. And the next one I made was the croissant bread pudding on page 192 of the very first Barefoot Contessa cookbook. All I can say to that is so much half and half. It is. (laughs) So much. that is one that I'm like, that is that is one of my favorite dishes ever. I'm not big on the raisins. I can skip the raisins. But that was just one that I could not stop eating. And then I couldn't stop thinking about how many calories were in it. 
It was perfect last week, though, because we didn't even care. No. Last week was a free week. Free calories. <laughs> nothing Nothing sticks. <laughs> and now we're back to green veggies today. We got to have balance in life, I guess. <laughs> what would you make for Ina if you had her over to dinner? So I always joke that this would be wonderful and also would stress me out so bad that I would probably stress about it for a couple weeks and then I would head over to Popeye's and I would pick up a spicy fried chicken sandwich. No. <laughs> <laughs> We'd enjoy that. I would make her her favorite whiskey sours. And then for dessert, I would make my grandma's red velvet cake with heritage frosting. I know that with red velvet cake, people are adamant that it needs to have cream cheese frosting. Um, but my grandma's heritage frosting is out of this world. It's a cooked frosting. Um, where you mix flour and milk and create kind of like a bechamel. And then you cool that and then you whip in the butter and sugar. And it has been my favorite thing since I was a little kid. And I just want Ina to experience that as well. <laughs> Tell us the story about when you met her in Paris. It was truly kismet. I had seen a couple weeks prior that she was in the city, but I had, I had assumed that by the time we were there, She was not going to be there. And we had made reservations at a tasting menu uh, restaurant called Veju. And we had made them originally on Friday. Our friend was like not getting into Paris until um, Saturday. Can we change reservations? So last minute, we changed reservations to Monday. And it was just truly meant to be. I walked in and the restaurant is no larger than a large living room. And directly in the corner are... Ina and Jeffrey enjoying a meal in Paris of all places. We both live in New York, but have never run into each other. And I run into her halfway around the world. I didn't want to bother them right then. So we uh, kind of beeline to our table. I had to face away from them because I wouldn't be able to concentrate the entire meal. <laughs> and we did the wine pairing. So I, I over the course of the next hour, hour and a half, I, I built up my liquid courage. And my friend and I walked over uh, after we had seen they paid their bill and And I was like, hi, Ina, I absolutely love you. I just I just couldn't pass up this opportunity to introduce myself. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I'm cooking my way through all of your recipes. And then I go, I'm store-bought is fine. And she looks at me and she goes, I heard you were in town. I think I could have died happy What? right there. <laughs> Uh, I think people that had followed me had come in commenting on her Instagram saying, Storbot is fine as in Paris too. You have to find him. Oh my God. Um, so we had this really lovely conversation, talked about the dinner, talked about our trips in France, uh, just talked about the night. And both of them were so friendly, so gracious. And like at the end, I was like, could I get a picture? And Ina goes, we just called a cab. I'll give you the heads up when we're heading out and we'll go out and get photos. And she took photos with us and just could not have been more sweet. We, you always worry about meeting somebody that you appreciate and you look up to so much that maybe they could never live up to what your expectations are. We're, all, people are humans, but she lived up to them in every way, shape or form. And it's just one of those nights that I have to pinch myself every once in a while because I still don't believe that it happened. Does she follow you on Instagram? She doesn't. She What? doesn't. But she's super supportive. She comments on photos, likes photos. Uh, but she keeps her follow, like who she follows, very low. I think she tries to keep it at 100 people at all times. I mean, she's super wonderful. If I reach out to her, okay. she, she, she responds. <laughs> super supportive. 
So I'm curious to hear about your newfound passion, developing your own recipes. So that is something that I have just not had time over the last four years. As you can imagine, um, doing this project, doing the grocery shopping, cooking, photographing, writing for the website and for posts, chatting with followers, all of that kind of stuff takes up a lot of my time. So over the last two years, I've started a document Every time I come across an idea of a recipe that I want to try to perfect, a recipe from my childhood that I want to update, a recipe from a restaurant that I went out to. So I have this master list. So once the project is over, and I I should wrap it up in about, I think, 15 months if I stay on schedule, I really want to start developing and diving into um, developing my own recipes and putting my own spins on a lot of dishes that I have ideas about. Have you gotten to be a better cook through all of this? I always tell people this was where I got my cooking education. Prior to this, my my cooking was whatever I heated up from the Trader Joe's frozen food aisle. And in five years, I've moved from there to being able to make my own carnitas at home and uh, making baked Alaska at home. And it's just one of those things that I think so many people get intimidated saying they don't know how to cook. Um, And I think they think that it should just you walk into the kitchen and it's intuitive and you should know everything. But you just have to build those skills up over time. I always think back to um, something Ina says, and it's like once you know how to do one technique or way of doing something, you know how to do 100 techniques. Once you know how to make a broth, chicken broth, you know how to make vegetable broth, you know how to make pork broth. Yes, there are variations to each of those. But once you can learn the basics everything else becomes a little bit easier. So I I look back five years ago when I was screwing up almost everything that I was making (laughs) Uh, and just think of how far in just five years that I've been able to come. It helps that it's one of my passions and it's my happy place. I think the kitchen used to be a, a source of frustration as I think it is for a lot of people. And now it's during quarantine was my savior. It was that place where I could go have a little bit of control in my life, create a satisfying meal and just space out for an hour or two hours. So yeah, this has really taught me how to cook. And I, I, I think I know always says that she cooked her way through um, Julia Child's Mastering the Art of uh, French Cooking, and that's how she learned to cook as well. Okay, you just mentioned the baked Alaska. How hard was that to make? So I would say overall easier than I was expecting. I think one of the issues is I was very paranoid about timing. And then because I was worried the ice cream was going to melt at every step of the way. <laughs> but when you really look at the basic elements of it, it's it's relatively easy. Um, it has a raspberry sauce that you can make ahead of time. And it's Ina's classic raspberry sauce that she uses in tons and tons of her dessert recipes. It's store-bought cake that you cut into circles. It's store-bought ice cream um, that you mold into balls. Uh, so it's raspberry sorbet and vanilla ice cream that you mold into a ball and then put on the, the cake And then you freeze those until it's rock hard. I think the hard part might be the meringue. If you're not used to making meringue, that could be the difficult part. But I think that, and I think a lot of people think that, it would be a near impossible dish to make at home. How are you putting ice cream in a 500 degree oven and it coming out perfect? But it did. It it came out like the, the, the meringue really insulates the ice cream and you have this perfectly sugary, delicious meringue with crisp brown edges and freezing cold ice cream. 
and uh, a sponge on the bottom. And it, it was much easier than I thought it would be. Now to my segment called Last Night's Dinner, where I ask you what you had last night for dinner. I had a goulash recipe. So a couple, I think maybe a month ago, I had a follower reach out and she had said she had um, created a cookbook of her children's favorite recipes from growing up and that she had an extra copy of it. Um, And she reached out to me and said, "I, I want somebody to have this that is as passionate about cooking as I am. And so she sent it to me and I was sobbing. I was sobbing when she told me about it. I was sobbing while I was reading It is a book filled with so much love. And I think that so many of us have those recipes from growing up in our childhood that will never be the same as the ones our moms made. But it's always nice to have the recipes so that you can go back to them. And I made her beef goulash last night and it was such a great comfort food served over egg noodles. It had paprika and red pepper and sour cream and it just was spicy. It had the perfect amount of spice. The meat was falling apart. It was an absolute delight last night. So long story, but that was what I had last night. And I just thought that was a that was a great story. Where can we find you on the Web and social media? Uh, you can find me at Storbot is fine on Instagram. My website is www.storebotisfine.com. Also, Storbot is fine on Facebook. Thank you for bringing Storbot is fine into our lives, and thank you for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com, and thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.